to the great detectives of old time radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. I do want to encourage you to enter our Great Detectives of Old Time Radio Sherlock Holmes book giveaway. We're giving away a couple of books that tie into the G. Washington Sherlock Holmes series from the 1930s, as well as our upcoming pullover hoodie slash t-shirt design. Uh, You can enter over at giveaway.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. The original air date, February 16th, 1954, and the title is The Uncut Canary Matter. WBBM-FM, Chicago. The refreshing, delicious treat that gives you chewing enjoyment presents for your listening enjoyment, John Lund as... Johnny Dollar. Harrison, Johnny. Oh, hiya. How fast can you get to Beverly Hills, California? Why? You've got to find an uncut canary. Uh, Let's take that again, slowly, shall we? It's a diamond, Johnny. A rough, uncut, orange-yellow diamond they call a canary. Weighs 89 carats, and it's insured by us for $125,000. Hmm, pretty expensive bird. Yeah, what's more to the point, it took wings sometime last night and hasn't been seen since. How about it, Johnny? I'll see what I can do. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum bring you John Lund in a transcribed adventure of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Friends, the makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum present these weekly adventures of Johnny Dollar because they know that millions of you enjoy Johnny Dollar. That's true of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum, too. It's enjoyed by millions, day in and day out. People find that chewing on a smooth, delicious piece of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum somehow makes time pass more pleasantly. Whether you're working, driving, shopping, or just taking things easy, that good, tasty chewing gives you enjoyment and satisfaction. So always keep a package of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. And whenever you want a refreshing, delicious treat, chew a stick. You'll like it. You really will. Expense accounts submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Home Office, Eastern Indemnity and Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the uncut canary matter. Expense account item one, $181.60. Airfare and incidentals between Hartford and Los Angeles, California. Expense account item two, $3.75 cab fare from the International Airport to a rich-looking jewelry store in Beverly Hills. Inscribed on the door in what looked like a thin line of pure platinum was the single name Johannes. According to Harrison, this had been the last known nesting place of the uncut canary. Mm-hmm. 
Whoever Johanna may have been, I doubted that it was the tall, artistic type with the heavyweight padded shoulders who was looking down his long, aristocratic nose at me. Yes? I'd like to see Johanna. May I ask who you are, sir? My name is Dollar, insurance investigator. Oh, you hear about the Minas Gerais Canary? If that's the full name of the missing diamond, yes. I believe you'd better come back in the morning, Mr. Dollar. Any particular reason why? No, it's been a trying day for Madame Johanna. She's quite fatigued. Nobody's too tired to spend a few minutes trying to collect $125,000. In the morning, Mr. Dollar. I'm certain Madame Johanna will be pleased to interview you then. Maybe I won't be in the mood then. Oh, really? It's a possibility. Well, that's your affair, of course. No, not the way I see it. Madame Johanna is claiming the loss. She's entitled to her own opportunity to slam the door in my face. You're quite correct, Mr. Dollar, and I take this opportunity to open it instead. Madame Johanna, I thought you were resting in your office. I did not wish to have you disturbed. The next time, Carter, I would thank you not to be so overly zealous in your desire to protect my health at the expense of my bank account. Come this way, please, Mr. Dollar. Won't you sit down, Mr. Dollar? Thanks. You wish to discuss the miniaturized canary, Mr. Dollar. What is it I can tell you about it? Well, you might begin by telling me its history. I purchased it in Rio from a local broker down there a year ago last September. Over a year ago? You find something surprising about that? Well, you've got a pretty large investment in an uncut stone. That's a long time to have it just sitting around, isn't it? The cutting of a diamond that size... It's a very delicate matter, Mr. Dollar. Months must be spent studying it, planning the precise manner in which it is to be finally cut and polished. Correct cleavage of such a stone could enhance its value three times over. Incorrect cleavage could prove disastrous. How's that? Diamonds are capricious. A slight mistake may cause the gem to fly into a hundred bits. A bitter lesson my father learned some 25 years ago with a stone similar to the canary. I do not intend to make the same mistake. Mm-hmm. Now, when did you first notice the missing? It was 9.30 last night. Carter and I came down here to watch the cleavage of the stone. Then you were going to have it cut last night? Yes. We have two of the finest diamond cutters in the world working here. Adolf Beers and Hans Plessmann. They have been with me and my father before me for over 30 years. I see. And uh, when you came down here? Carter opened the vault. The canary was gone. Carter has the combination? Yes. Anyone else? Adolf, Hans, and of course myself. Was the vault touched in any way? Any attempt made to break into it? No. Well, that boils down the number of suspects. No, Mr. Dollar. It could not possibly be one of my employees. I would be willing to swear to it. Well, you wouldn't be the first to make a mistake about something like that. Oh, you do not know these people like I do, or you couldn't say that. During all the years, they have... Your pardon, please. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Yes. Oh, no. I see. Thank you. I will tell you. Something wrong? That was Adolf Beers. He said if I would send the police over to his house immediately, he would give them the uncut canary. 
I put in a call to Chief Anderson of the Beverly Hills Police Force, and a few minutes later, Lieutenant Hankins of his office came by and picked me up. How come you're on this, Hankins? You're still in homicide, aren't you? Yeah, but the head of robbery's been out with a cold, and with this latest development, the chief sent me out to wrap this up and see you on your way. Disappointed? You know better than that. Always glad to see you. Yeah, looks like a quick ending to a long trip, Dollar. Well, I won't complain. <laughs> Why should you? Counting traveling time, you'll get two full days' pay for a few minutes' work. Not bad. Jealous? Not me. You insurance boys can have it. Rather work on the force, huh? Uh, maybe it doesn't pay as well, but I know I can figure on a check every two weeks. Hang on, we turn here. Well, we'll see have trouble making that turn. Cutting back at an angle that way, it's not too easy to figure. Now, that Johanna, there's a woman who'd wring the sweat out of a man. Always got an eye out for a fast buck. I don't think she's going to be too happy to get that uncut canary back. Why is that? Well, the rumor around town is that it can't be cut. Flaws in it? Oh, the stone's clear enough, but some of them are just shaped wrong. Can't be split clean. Oh, stone's liable to break into dust if you try to cleave it. You think that's what's wrong with the uncut canary? Well, she's had it hanging around her shop for over a year and a half. Bought it at a price way under the market. There's got to be some reason for it. Uh-huh. How much you figure the stone would be worth if it could split? Maybe a quarter of a million, give or take a little. Be easier to sell that way, too. This way, her money's tied up in it, and they say she's tight for cash. Uh, who isn't? I don't know what you mean. Oh, that's her worry, not ours. Here's Adolf Beer's house. Let's go in and get it. think, Dollar. Doesn't seem too anxious to turn it over now. Door's locked. No lights inside. Let's try the back. All right. Hear that? Sounds like a car motor running somewhere. In the garage, maybe. There's the garage, Dollar. Lights on inside. The door's closed. Come on. It's no easy job to wrestle some 200 pounds of dead weight out from behind the wheel of a car in a monoxide-filled garage. But Hankins and I finally managed it. Over here. In the grass. Yeah. Yeah, that'll do it. Adolph Beers? Yeah. It's a cinch she won't tell us where that uncut canary is now. Yeah, it's a cinch she couldn't have told Johanna only 15 minutes ago, either. While Lieutenant Hankins waited for the homicide boys to arrive, I walked down to the corner drugstore and tried to make some phone calls. I was phenomenally unsuccessful. There was no answer at the jewelry store, at Johanna's home or at the bachelor apartment of the obnoxious Mr. Carter. Expense account item three, $1.75. 
Cab fare from the corner drugstore to the residence of Johanna's other diamond cutter, Hans Plessman. What is it? What is it? Are you Hans Plessman? Of course I am, of course. And you must be from Albert. Let me have it at once, at once. Do you hear? I think you've made some kind of a mistake, Mr. Plessman. My name is Dollar. I'm an insurance investigator. I'm not interested in your name, young man. I just want the lenses I ordered from Albert for my refractometer. The lenses for my... Insurance investigator. Is that what you said, insurance? That's right, Mr. Plessman. I want to ask you a few questions. Questions? Questions? What kind of questions? About the Minas Gerais Canary. What did you want to know about it? Insurance investigator, eh? What do you want to know about it? Could we talk about it inside? Inside? Oh, 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 yeah. oh yes, inside. Of course, of course. Come in. Thanks. Told the police all I know about it. Why are you coming around bothering me? Why don't you question Adolf? Yes, question Adolf. You think he had something to do with it? Didn't say that. Just ask you why you didn't question him. Adolf Beers is dead, Mr. Plessman. Dead? Adolf dead? That's right. Well, 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 well. Adolf dead. He might have been murdered. Murdered? Adolf murdered? Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Maybe somebody wanted to get the canary from him. Nobody could have murdered poor Adolf for that. He didn't steal the canary. Didn't steal it. What makes you so sure, Mr. Plessman? Because I stole it. That's why. Murdering poor Adolf when I stole the uncut canary. Friends, here's a suggestion that'll help you go through a busy day feeling more relaxed and satisfied. From time to time, especially when you're feeling tense or under pressure, chew a stick of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum. You see, chewing is a natural way to get rid of some of that pent-up tension. Chewing on a good, smooth piece of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum not only helps you feel more relaxed, but also gives you taste enjoyment. There's lots of refreshing, delicious flavor in Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum, You'll really enjoy it. So do what millions do. Always keep Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum handy and chew some every day. You'll feel more relaxed and you'll get more enjoyment out of the things you do. Next time you're at the store, get a few packages of Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum. And now with our star, John Lund, we bring you the second act of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. After his astounding statement about stealing the uncut canary, the heretofore voluble Hans Plessman closed up completely. He refused to say anything about anything. And two and a half hours later, at the Beverly Hills Police Station, the situation was unchanged. Unless Plessman talks or we dig up something else, we won't be able to hold him long. And I don't think he's the only one who's clamming up about that canary. Oh, Johanna? I'd like to know who really called her on the phone when she sent us up to Adolph Beer's house. We'll find out when we locate her. She's not at her home and at the office, though. No sign of the stone at Beer's? Nothing. A couple of the boys still going through the place. They started Plessman's, too. Hankins! Okay, Doc, thanks. 
Autopsy, surgeon. They're posting beers now. Looks like homicide, all right. Heavy blows stuck on the back of his head. Doc's offering eight to five. There'll be no monoxide in the bloodstream. Well, I won't cover that. You're going somewhere? Yeah, the evening's still young. I might as well try to earn some of that big money. You think I'm getting paid for this job? Expense account item four, $2.25. Cab fare from Beverly Hills to the apartment of Johanna's assistant, Mr. Charles Carter. Come in, door's open. Stripped down to a pair of shorts, Carter was standing on his head at one end of the room, heels resting lightly against the wall. Oh, it's you, Dollar. What's the idea of that? What? The headstand. Tones up the system, reverses the blood flow, good tonic for rejuvenating muscular tissue, strengthening the internal organs. You don't say. You should try it sometime. Most beneficial. Amazing. What do you want here, Dollar? Huh? Oh, well, I was just wondering uh, where you were earlier this evening, after you left the shop. Down at the beach. Exercise there for an hour every evening. Why? Adolf Beers is dead. Oh, not surprised. Oh? Overweight, disgusting, poorly cared for body. Can't abuse the machinery of life, Dollar. It'll refuse to function. In this case, the refusal wasn't voluntary. Oh, so that's why you wanted to know where I was. Well, now you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Johanna wasn't with you, was she? No, I haven't any idea where she... Oh, now you're going too far, Dollar. Oh, Why? Johanna's the epitome of all womanhood, a gentle, delicate soul. I'll not have her maligned by you or anyone else. Is that clear? Oh, sure. But I'd still like to know where she was. Uh, Tell me, Carter, how often do you do that headstand stunt? Twice a day. And how long do you keep it up each time? Thirty full minutes. Remarkable. I hit a drugstore and tried to call Johanna's residence, but there was no answer. A call to Lieutenant Hankins brought the information that Plessman was still refusing to talk, and that they'd finished searching both his house and that of Adolf Beers. The uncut canary was still among the missing. I was drinking a cup of coffee at the fountain when I suddenly remembered something Hans Plessman had said. I grabbed a yellow phone book and started looking for an optical lens manufacturer whose name was Albert. I found one. Albert Schoenbeck. Both an office and a residence phone were listed. At that hour of the morning, the choice wasn't too tough to make. Yeah, yeah, Minadora. I have been making optical lenses for you, and I've underwood for many years now. And for her father before her. But to call at this hour of the night with such a question... And did you ever make lenses for a refractometer, Mr. Schoenbeck? Yeah, yeah, for Hans it was. Hans Plessman? Of course, Hans Plessman. Would you mind telling me what a refractometer is used for? You... You are asking me questions about this? And you do not even know for what it is used? It's important, Mr. Schoenbeck. Yeah, for whom important? For you or for Johanna? Both of us. That's all. All right, then I will tell you. It is for measuring the bend of light through a precious stone. Uh, with uh, mirrors, lenses on the scale, this machine measures the stone's index of refraction. 
and, and tells exactly uh, what the stone is. You, you understand what I'm saying? Well, I think I get the general idea, yeah. Could you use one to determine the proper cleavage of a diamond? For cleavage, you ask? Yeah, would it help any? I, I have never thought that. Yeah, 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 it is possible, I presume. If there were some uh, interior floor, some imperfect strata of crystalline structure, uh, that could possibly show up, yeah. Uh, but uh, why do you ask? Uh, what does all this have to do with Johanna? I'm not quite sure. Thanks, Mr. Schoenbeck. Expense account item five, $3.60. Cab fare to 621 West Canyon Road Drive at somewhere near the top of the Santa Monica Mountains, about two miles and a half from Sunset Boulevard. I'd just come in and was preparing for bed when you rang, Mr. Dollar. Yeah, so I noticed. Then if you would please tell me quickly why you have come visiting at this late hour. It's about the rumors. Rumors? Yeah, I understand that Jewelers Row believes that Johannes is... Heading for the financial rocks. You came up here tonight to discuss with me the financial status of my business, Mr. Dollar? Not exactly. Well, then. But uh, suppose the rumors were true. And you're hard up for cash with $125,000 tied up in an uncut diamond that can't be sold until it's cut. And can't be cut because it'll fly into bits. That is utter nonsense. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Why? It removes any motive you may have had for stealing the uncut canary yourself. I think you had better leave now, Mr. Dollar. You haven't denied it. You have gone too far for that. Adolf Beers must have gone pretty far, too. The reference is beyond me. Beyond Adolf now, too. Or maybe you haven't asked yourself why somebody wanted to murder him. Adolf? Murdered? You didn't know? But how could I have... Just wondering. Adolf murdered. But why? Well, I'd say either Adolf took the stone and somebody got it away from him, or he knew who did steal it and was going to talk. Either way, the result's the same. Unbelievable. Not quite as unbelievable as your statement that you talked to him on the phone when actually he'd been dead for two hours. Now it is time for you to leave, Mr. Dollar. No further explanations? None. Okay. Oh, uh, by the way, did you know Hans Plessman had confessed to stealing the canary? I did. I suppose you think that's unbelievable, too. My attorney is arranging his release on a writ of habeas corpus at this very moment. Oh, that's very interesting. You sure you don't want to change your story about that supposed phone call from Adolf Beers? I do not. I didn't think so. lack of transportation from Canyon Road Drive back to Beverly Hills didn't bother me. The walk would give me a chance to clarify my ideas about the uncut canary matter. It took me a little less than an hour to get back to Sunset Boulevard and an all-night gas station where I called Lieutenant Hankins. Yeah, that's right, Dollar. Hans Plessman was sprung about 45 minutes ago. You put a tail on him? Yeah, he went straight home. Expense account item six, a dollar and 65 cents cab fare again. It took about 15 minutes to get to Hans Plessman's house. 
Yes. Yes, who is it? Who is it? Hello, Mr. Plessman. Oh, it's you, that insurance man. Why, what, what do you want now? Have you cut it yet, Mr. Plessman? It was just about when you interrupted me. You mind if I watch you finish the job? Not at all, not at all. Come in, come in. Thanks. In here, right in here. Well, looks like you've got a pretty capable assistant, Hans. Yes, I think our partnership in diamond cutting will prove quite successful. Of course it will, of course. The refractometer will make the difference. Told out of that, but he wouldn't listen. Was going ahead in his own stubborn way. He would have smashed the stone, just as he did 20 years ago. So Adolf Beers was the cutter who smashed your father's stone, huh, Johanna? Yes, it is quite right, Mr. Dollar. Ruined him. Ruined him and killed him. Couldn't let that happen to my little Johanna, like my own daughter, you know. Couldn't let Adolf do that to her, too. Couldn't. So you took the diamond to keep Adolf from cutting it? It was my fault, Mr. Dollar. I wouldn't listen to Hans's warnings. I was going to let Adolf go ahead with it. She wouldn't listen to me, who was like her own father. So I had to take the stone. I was going to cut it myself, Johanna, and give it back to you as a gift. I know you were, Hans. Only Adolf saw me getting ready. He was going to stop me so he could cut the diamond himself. Ah, he, he shouldn't have done that. Adolf shouldn't have done that. I had to stop him. Well, we have work to do. Put the stone on the cup, Johanna. That's it. That's it. Now, hold the steel blade right on the ink line. That's it. That's it. Now, hold it firmly, but without pressure. Not, not too much pressure. So. Thank you, Hans. You've done it. Of course. Of course. But it had to be done my way. Only the refractometer showed the proper place. That stubborn fool Adolf would have ground it into bits, bits. Well, I guess everything is all right now for you. Here, Johanna. I will see if your business is all right. And you, young man, no trouble about the stone now, is there? No trouble. No, no, Hans. There's no trouble about the stone. You understand how I couldn't let anything happen to my Johanna. Not to my little baby. Oh, these stones. Beautiful. Once I have them cut and polished, say, this, the stones were... Hans, what they, is it? Don't you feel well? Oh, it's all right, Johanna. I'm, I'm a, little, a little weak and shaky, that's all. I, I can't understand it. Weak, shaky like this. Ridiculous. I, I think I'll lie down for a bit. Mr. Dollar? Sure. Go ahead, Hans. I can't understand it. Weak, shaky... So, Mr. Darlin, now you know. Yeah. So it was Hans and not Adolf who called you on the phone. Yes. He told me that he had hidden the stone in my house. But not that he had killed Adolf. I brought the stone to him tonight after his release from jail. And there they are. What was once the meanest Jedi's uncut canary. A gift, Hans said. They'll accomplish everything he wanted to accomplish for me. And I'd rather I'd smashed the stone into dust before this all began. I didn't want this gift from Hans. Account 
item seven, $179.25, airfare and incidentals from Beverly Hills, California, back to Hartford. Expense account total, $373.85. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Friends, when you've got a package of Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum with you, you're all set for refreshment and enjoyment at any time. At work, at home, in your car, wherever you are, just slip a stick of delicious Wrigley Spearmint Gum in your mouth and keep on with what you're doing. See how refreshing that lively spearmint flavor tastes. How it cools your mouth and helps keep your throat moist. Enjoy the good chewing, too. It'll make the time pass more pleasantly for you. And remember... Chewing Wrigley's Spearmint Gum helps keep breath sweet and teeth clean. So it's a nice thing to have with you at all times. Get some next time you're at the store. That's Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Healthful, refreshing, delicious. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, brought to you by Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum, stars John Lund in the title role and was written by Sidney Marshall with music by Eddie Dunstetter. Featured in tonight's cast were William Johnstone, John Stevenson, Hal March, Virginia Gregg, and Fritz Feld. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, is produced and directed by Jaime Del Valle. Makers of Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum hope you enjoyed tonight's story of Johnny Dollar and that you're enjoying delicious Wrigley Spearmint Gum every day. This is Charles Lyon inviting you to join us again next week at this same time when from Hollywood, John Lund again transcribes his expense account as Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is the CBS Radio Network. Welcome back. Well, a solid episode of Johnny Dollar. I like it when a writer does his research, but it's not too showy about it. I mean, you could tell that they did the research, but it didn't go into unnecessary details. But it did do a good job of helping you understand the situation and how important diamond cutting is, which, and all the precision involved. The end did kind of remind me a little bit of an Edmund O'Brien story, but I don't think it was over the top or anything. It was a solid story throughout. Now, while Johnny Dollar, prior to Bob Bailey, didn't have a whole lot of continuity, John Abbott points out that Lieutenant Haskins, as well as the reference uh, Chief Anderson were characters in the Amita uh, Buddha matter. So it wasn't just someone that Johnny had met previously in something that occurred off air. Though I think it was a little weird for a homicide detective to uh, be able to speculate on what the value of uh, diamonds would be when caught. But at any rate, we turn now to listener comments and feedback. And we have an email from Caleb. Caleb writes, Adam, first and foremost, congratulations on the recent addition to your family. I hope you, your wife, and your little one are all doing well. I'm really enjoying the current lineup of shows and the variety of stories' personalities. 
Could you imagine Philo Vance and Ranger Pearson having to work together on a case? Based on your recommendation a couple weeks ago, I went deep into the Johnny Dollar archives and found the other episode with Benny Stark. I see why it's your favorite episode. It was fantastic and had my favorite version of Johnny Dollar to boot. It's a prime example of why I listen to your show. There are certainly other ways to find old-time radio shows, but it wouldn't be the same without your recommendations and insights. Thanks and keep up the great work. Well, thanks for the uh, email, Caleb. We're all doing well out here. And, yeah, it is interesting to hear the variety of programs. And a crossover between uh, Jace Pearson and Philo Vance, I don't know how you'd pull that off. Philo Vance might appreciate having someone he doesn't have to explain everything to, but would be annoyed if uh, Ranger Pearson just went off to investigate the case. And I don't know how Philo Vance would stand up to, you know, one of those days-long-in-the-woods sort of manhunts. Although, I think if you get the right writer, they usually can find a way to make characters from very dissimilar worlds and franchises fit together and be able to each get their due in the story. It's happened in books, comic books, movies, etc. But back to your point that they are so dissimilar, you know, makes for a lot of variety in our podcast and we're glad to have that. Again, thanks for your email. Now let's go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Philippe, Patreon supporter since June of 2021, currently supporting us at the shameless level of four dollars or more per month. Again, thanks so much for your support, Philippe. And that will do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to rate and review it wherever you download your podcast from. Join us back here next Tuesday, where we'll have a previously uncirculated episode of Defense Attorney, and we'll be back next Friday with another episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. But coming up tomorrow, listen in for an adventure with Tales of the Texas Rangers, not featuring Philo Vance, where... The body was found just a little further on. You can see the road now. Not much of a road left. No use for it anymore. The sheriff must have had some reason for using it if he came way out here. Hey, here we are. Who Oh, charcoal. Oh, boy. The sheriff's car was found right over here by the side of the road. Where was he? Lying right beside it. Been dead about seven, eight hours when he was found. Who found him? Cowpoke, looking for some strays. Mm, that's lucky. Otherwise, the body might have been here for a few days or even weeks before somebody came across it. Yeah. You get pictures of the position of the car and the body? Of course I did. Anything else? Yeah, any exhibits, casts of footprints, anything like that? No. When I got the call, I brought a bunch of men out with me. I was excited, and I didn't think to stop them from tramping around. I can see why you'd be upset. Well, if there was anything to find, it's a cinch it isn't here now. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.